We're going to be talking all things Medicare today, all the ABCs, the alphabet soup of Medicare. But here are some questions. If you're a veteran, how does your veteran benefits work with Medicare? If you're on Medicaid, how does Medicare and Medicaid work together? Maybe you're going to travel out of the country or you're moving out of state. What is the impact going to be on your coverage? Stay tuned to this episode of St. Louis in Tune, and we are going to answer those questions. There is not, there's not bad plans out there, but there are definitely bad plans for particular people. So just because a plan sounds like it's really great, maybe it has some benefit that you don't have, if it doesn't utilize the doctors that you use and if it doesn't cover the drugs that you take and if it creates expenses, I mean, a a Medicare Advantage plan can create thousands and thousands of dollars of -of out-of-pocket expenses. So it may sound very appealing because it has a zero premium, but you may pay for it in your co-insurance and co-pay. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune, where we look to live a more informed life. Our weekly podcast rounds out the edges of unsettled questions in current and historic events, the arts, history, and justice, to name a few. We are connecting the gateway city to our country's cultural fabric and lives. The show is co-hosted by Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston. If you've been listening and watching television, especially on certain stations, <laughs> you might see Joe Namath. And he is pitching some Medicare plans. And, you know, now he wasn't a pitcher, folks. He was actually a football quarterback, as those of you know. And he has a St. Louis connection. He was actually drafted by the really? St. Louis Cardinals back in the day out of Alabama. He was the no. quarterback at, for the Crimson Tide. And the management of St. Louis, the St. Louis Cardinals, were so benevolent, and actually Joe Namath didn't want to come to St. Louis, that they traded him to the New York Jets. And the rest is history, folks. You know, he became Broadway Joe. He became, you know, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. And now he's a spokesperson pitching some Medicare plans. Well, Medicare. Wow. What an interesting and fascinating topic and a very confusing one. As I started looking into it and getting into it, so it just so happens about a year and a half ago, I met a gentleman at a layover, I believe it was in Chicago at O'Hare Airport. I try not to go to O'Hare Airport at all. It's uh, one of the most complicated, and uh, you always plan on staying the night at O'Hare whenever you go through O'Hare, especially in the wintertime. But we started talking, and this gentleman, he just really intrigued me because of his just unbelievable knowledge of the topic of Medicare. And I'm talking about Dan Mangus, and he has voraciously collected Medicare information for over 30 years because he's been a researcher in the field. At age 16, he started connecting with seniors by knocking on doors in southern Missouri to set up appointments for his mother, who was an agency owner. So he's seen every imaginable scenario that could be seen, and he followed his grandfather and mother into the industry. He was a third-generation insurance agent. He knows clients. He earns, he earned, you know, honesty and respect from them. He gives straightforward answers. He's 
taught classes to insurance agents and industry advisors, and currently he is the vice president of sales for senior marketing specialists. And they are a Medicare field marketing organization, and what they do is they serve the senior market and equip independent agents with Medicare carriers and tools that help them be successful and help their clients be successful and get the best program that they can. Dan, welcome to St. Louis In Tune. Very nice to be here. I know very I kind, get, very kind introduction too, by the way, Arnold. Thank you. Well, I gave you this huge thing because you are unbelievable in this field. You know, you have written a manual for uh, people in the industry, and I, I have to give a little caveat here. I had signed up for about a month ago a Medicare webinar because I'm getting to the point where I need to consider this, and it was actually last night. And so I'm I'm much more knowledgeable about what I'm going to talk to you about today, even though I've done some research, wow. but that really helped me out uh, dramatically, and I know reading your, your information helped me out dramatically, too. First of all, can you give us a little history of Medicare and, and the parts that people so often get confused? Of course, of course. Well, we have a little bit of heritage with uh, Medicare here in Missouri because in 1965 it was signed into law at the Truman Library mm. up by uh, Kansas City. So uh, it actually went into force. And uh, Medicare was originally kind of an idea of, of Truman's, uh, but then it was signed into law by Johnson in, in 1965. And the, the intent is to help individuals who were at that time 65 or older that uh, to have health insurance, to have some coverage uh, so that when they went into the retirement years and came off the group insurance and things, that they would have some coverage. And so that's continued on, uh, now expanded into also include people with disabilities, uh, people with some specific health conditions. And uh, it, is a, it is a program that I think that most individuals uh, are very, very glad that, that we have. There's four primary parts of Medicare. Part A, which is hospital and outpatient related type uh, uh, services. Part B, which takes care of, of outpatient physician services, uh, practitioners that, uh, that are going to assist that individuals in different forms. Uh, then you have Medicare Part C, then CAT, which is a Medicare Advantage program, which is another delivery system of Medicare by private insurance carriers, and then Medicare Part D, which is the drug portion, which again is administered by private insurance carriers. Now, I want to break these down a little bit more uh, because there are, there are costs involved and for some parts, and for some parts there is no cost involved. And there is a portion, as I've learned, that, you know, Every individual, once they reach 65, they, they have some choices to make, and that's why you see a lot of these commercials on right now, because right now is the open enrollment window. And when, when did that start, and when will that stop? Uh, that started October the 7th, and it's going to end December the 15th. Excuse me, excuse me, October the 15th, end of December the 7th. I'm in the middle of it, so I'm a little brain dead from that. Uh, that's, that's okay. <laughs> yes, it started October 15th and ends of December the 7th. So I, I want to f frame this, Dan, by there may be some people who are listening who are on Medicare now. There may be some people like myself who are going to be getting on to Medicare, and there may be some youngsters of whose parents are either on Medicare or getting ready to go on. And I, and I want to help all of them understand a couple things and 
hopefully the questions I ask you will hit each one of those groups. So we've defined this a little bit, and are people required to be on Medicare? No, they're not required to be on Medicare. Uh, you can opt out of Medicare. Uh, there are individuals who have to pay for different portions of Medicare, and they may choose not to do so. Uh, so you do not have to have it. There's also individuals who use nothing but uh, VA or veterans facilities who do not participate in, in Medicare. And we need to talk about that because there's some special it. things going on there. Go ahead, Mark. I did. I got a Medicare card when I turned 65. <laughs> I'm not sure how old I am anymore. Uh, and I, you know, I have that. It's sitting on my mantle. I'm using a private insurance right now. But so that Medicare card, it, it, that should be good, I would think. Um, I, I didn't ask for it. I just got, it just came in the mail. Right. You're you're automatically enrolled, and if you have participated in 40 quarters of paying for for Medicare tax, then you're automatically enrolled into Medicare Part A at no cost. Uh, and then you are eligible for Medicare Part B at a premium rate of uh, uh, for individuals. So this year, for instance, the premium for Medicare Part B is $144.60. That's going to $148.50 in 2021 and, and that, is that a month or a year for most that's per month oh. and okay. that is that is based on 25 percent of the overall average cost of medicare for all medicare beneficiaries so they take 25 percent of that overall cost divide it by 12 and that's where they come up with the 148.50 roughly that's a there's a lot more to it than just that but that gives you a, a very rough idea of that and then it is adjusted for higher-income individuals. I see. Okay, okay. and that, that cost, Dan, can change based upon your, your um, taxes, correct? That is correct. Um, so if you do have a higher premium, then it, then, uh, it, it adjusts according to in, uh, income. It goes to 35%, 50%, 65%, 80%, and 85% of the total overall cost depending on your income. And there have been a lot of changes in that, but they use a two-year-old tax return when they calculate that. And so if you are turning 65 and, and your income does not match up with uh, the premiums that they're charging you, you can actually appeal that and make sure that it's adjusted according to your actual income. Okay, now let's uh, going to break the parts down again here for um, original Medicare, the, the the basic Medicare plan that was signed at the Truman Library. Part A, it's basically what we would kind of refer to, I guess, as hospital insurance, where if I go into the hospital or uh, you know I have to, maybe I'm in in rehab or something like that. Uh, that's what's taken care of, correct? That's correct. It, it's the one that is involved in. Uh, hospital settings and rehab facilities, uh, it is important to note that it does not cover long-term care. Uh, Medicare does not cover long-term care. So it does cover individuals who are recovering in a nursing facility, and that's where Medicare Part A comes in. Uh, under original Medicare, it kicks in after 20 days and pays up to 100 days. And then it varies if, it's, if an individual has a Medicare Advantage program, but it will end it at the 100 days. Yeah, cause, and I think that's important for people it, that it's just not you're in the hospital and, boom, they're going to pay everything right away, that they have 
they also have limitations on that uh, based upon whether you're in the hospital or a rehab, a skilled nursing facility or something like that, correct? Yes, and something else, too, that's kind of interesting with it is that Medicare Part A has an annual deductible that for an individual to go into, um, excuse me, Medicare Part B has an annual deductible for individuals to utilize the services, for the doctor services. Medicare Part A has a benefit period deductible, and it's every 60 days. So if an individual goes in the hospital in 2020, the first deductible, Medicare Part A deductible, is $1,408. That basically takes care of the Medicare Part A services for 60 days. And then if an individual goes back into the hospital 60 days later, they would incur that $1,408 again. And that's a benefit period deductible on Part A. That's changing to $1,484 in 2021. Medicare Part B, the doctor portion, has a $198 deductible per year, and that deductible is going to $203 in 2021. And Part A costs nothing. You're kind of automatically enrolled in Part A once you hit 65 or you're drawing Social Security, correct? That is correct, as long as you have paid in at least 40 quarters uh, into Medicare Part A. Gotcha. Uh, if if not, then it does cost. Okay. And then the Part B, which you were mentioning, which is kind of basically if we're going to the doctor to do our well-man or well-woman exam or we happen to do some outpatient, we don't need to go to the hospital or something, um, or preventative kinds of things, uh, maybe getting a flu shot or maybe when they actually get the COVID-19 shot or vaccine done, uh, that would be covered under Part B, right? That is correct. Okay, now there's there's been a lot in I should say angst about drug coverage, and I know uh, President George W. Bush uh, implemented this particular Part D coverage, and I remember when that was done, that was kind of a big deal because if you're a senior having to pay full price for these drugs, if you're on Medicare that would really wipe out a lot of uh, your savings. So talk a little bit about the Part D drug coverage. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that it was a big change. I, I, of course, have worked with Medicare people on Medicare now for 38 years, and uh, there were so many individuals who literally could not take any medications, and there still are. I mean, the cost can still be very high. Medicare Part D, though, is administered by private insurance companies, each year, they file a plan, the different carriers file plans with the CMS, or the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, for an annual contract. And that annual contract basically states, here's what our benefits will be for our drug plan, here's the drugs that we're going to cover, here's the tiers that they will be in, and here's the pharmacies that we're going to work with, or the network that we're going to work with. And then they can uh, have their plan that they offer. There's generally about 25 to 30 plans available to each Medicare beneficiary depending on the on the uh, state that they are in and the county that they are in. They do have limits though, the carriers do. The largest deductible that they can have in 2021 is $445. That's the largest deductible that they can have on their plans. 
then they have that initial coverage period uh, is going to have the co-pays and co-insurance amounts that are outlined in the plan. At a at the initial coverage limit, which in 2021 is $4,130, then they go into the donut hole. And the donut hole is considered now closed at 75% coverage and 25% responsibility for the individual, both generic and name brand now. And so that is what they, when they talk about the donut hole being closed, it does not mean that there is no uh, expense for the individual. But instead of the co-pays and co-insurance amounts, they are now paying 25% of the cost of that drug until they hit the other side, the catastrophic coverage side, uh, and then um, and then they will go on into a catastrophic uh, side, which has much lower co-pays and co-insurance amounts. So what you're drugs. saying basically is that when people are, uh, I would say, consuming prescriptions because of a condition, that uh, the more they pay, when they, they'll reach certain breaking points where they will go into another, my words, level, and they will, they're their out-of-pocket expense becomes less, and then when they get to another level, it becomes less, and that's kind of like that donut hole you were talking about. And then another level, the catastrophic, they pay less because it's it's designed to not drain somebody's pocketbook, right? It's designed that way, but you have to make sure that the drugs that you are taking are, number one, covered by the plan, uh, that they are covered at the pharmacy that you fill them at, and that what you are taking them for is covered. Uh, one of the mistakes that I see a lot of individuals make uh, is finding that the plan covers, and this happens with very expensive drugs often, they, they will look and make sure that the plan covers their drug and everything shows that it's covered, and then they go to fill the drug and they can't get it because what they are being given it for didn't qualify under that plan. So not only do you have to make sure that your drug is covered, but you have to make sure that it's covered for the treatment that you're getting it for. So uh, I've seen that with some unusual health conditions, and I had one just a couple weeks ago that was a $12,000 a month medication. Wow. And uh, everything showed that it would be covered, but it was not for what the doctor was giving them to them for, for the condition that they had. So you have to double-check everything when you're looking at that. Now, where would you find that information to check that? Uh, you, you want to make sure that you check on Medicare.gov, do a good comparison of all your medications. Uh, they do have that on there. They have a comparison tool there. Uh, and then you need to talk to your physician. Uh, on many of those situations, the only person who truly has that answer is the doctor themselves uh, to make sure that the diagnostic code that they are using matches up to the uh, treatment, uh, you know, to the medication that they're taking. So if you have an unusual condition, uh, like, for instance, uh, one that I was working with was a sarcoidosis situation, um, if you have some kind of an unusual health condition that's being treated, then you need to make sure that you double-check for that. Uh, another thing, too, is making sure that whether it's covered by Medicare Part B, as in boy, or D, because if it is something that the doctor is administering to you, even though it's a drug and even though it will very often show up on the drug list, 
uh, it's probably going to be covered under Medicare Part B. And some of the very, very expensive uh, cancer drugs and things like that are like that. They're administered by the, mm. by the physician. Now, I, wanna, I want people to think about what I'm going to say here. You've got two buckets. You've got Part A, Part B, okay? And then you can add a Part D, like Dan was talking about, and that's purchased through an insurance company. And you shop that because the prices may be different, right, Dan? Oh, dramatically. Okay. And then if you're still on the same side, you can add what's called a supplemental coverage or a Medigap coverage. Okay, that's one side. Or if you get A and B and you shop a Medicare Advantage plan, that's kind of Part C. And that's done by private insurance, and they they include a Part D, and there's pros and cons. Now, that, that's kind of the direction I want to go, and we won't be able to get that all done before the break, but let's kind of s- start into that. Dan, take us down the original Medicare side, and take us through like a Medigap or a supplemental insurance, and then we'll skip over to the Medicare Advantage. Because to me, that was the, one of the most confusing things when I'm watching a, a commercial, just sitting there minding my own business, and Joe Namath comes on. I'm like, well, what in the world is he talking about? Because all these words and names are thrown around, and I think it's, it's confusing to people, and they just don't know what to do. And so they'll go to their insurance agent, and like you are helping insurance agents understand this and communicate valuable information to their clients, we need to be clear on this. So let's go down the original Medicare side. Okay. Well, let me preface it with the fact that both are Medicare. You're not leaving Medicare for any of these programs. The delivery systems are just different. One is called original Medicare. Uh, It's also referred to as fee for service. Uh, Very often you'll see that term. Under original Medicare, if you think of a kind of a two paths that you can go down, you have Medicare Part A, and you're paying for your Medicare Part B premium, and there are co-pays and co-insurance amounts that are left for you to pay. You can choose a Medicare supplement to pay those co-pays and co-insurance amounts, and Medicare supplements, though, do not have prescription drug coverage. None of them do. They may have some kind of a discount program or something, but they do not have drug coverage. And so you choose a standalone drug program. So you'll see a a term called PDP, or Prescription Drug Plan. And so you add your drug plan and your Medicare supplement together, and those help to cover the costs that Medicare does not. So that is one path, taking original Medicare, And the advantage of that, by the way, is any doctor who accepts Medicare, you can go to. There's not a network beyond that. As long as they're a Medicare provider, you can go to any doctor, any hospital, as long as they're a Medicare provider, which most are, of course. And so it gives you a lot of freedom of choice, and it's much what I would refer to as a little bit more of a fixed cost choice because you have any doctor, any hospital, you have most of your copays and coinsurance, uh, covered depending on which Medicare supplement plan that you choose, and we can talk about those. And then you can choose whichever drug plan that you want to out of the 25 or 30 or more that you have available to you uh, in that area. That's original Medicare. Okay. Now let's kind of – go ahead. Okay. Do you want me to go down the Medicare Advantage side then? Absolutely. Okay. On the Medicare Advantage side, you have Medicare Part A and you have Medicare Part B, and you do pay your Medicare Part B premium as well. 
you have a variety of different Medicare Advantage plans to choose from. There's usually a very large number. Many of them have zero premium. About half of them have a zero premium. And that is because the company, the insurance companies, are getting paid by Medicare to take care of you. And so since they are, they're not, most, a lot of them don't charge extra premium to do that because they're already getting paid by Medicare. They can, not all of them do, but they can add a prescription drug plan to that called, and and then it's called an MAPD or Medicare Advantage Prescription Drug Plan. Or you can also have a Medicare Advantage only plan. Those are a little bit more unusual, and usually they're made for people who are retired military. That's normally what they're used for. Uh, At that time, that Medicare Advantage plan will have a network that you can go to specific hospitals, specific doctors, and they have copay and coinsurance amounts on them. And then your drug plan that's attached to that is a fixed drug plan, so you have to make sure that your drug coverage that came with that plan matches up to you as well. You cannot enroll in a Medigap plan once you have a Medicare Advantage plan. So there, and there's no need to. So, uh, But any agent that tries to sell a Medicare supplement plan on top of a Medicare Advantage, that is actually illegal for them to do. Uh, and then you have to, typically you're going to need referrals for to go to specialists, which you do not, by the way, on original Medicare as most cases. Um, and then you have a premium that you uh, would pay potentially for Medicare Advantage and potentially for your drug plan. Then, So what they do with the Medicare Advantage plan, though, a lot of times to entice you is they add extra bells and whistles like vision plans, hearing, dental, things that original Medicare does not cover, and they do that uh, to try to attract you to their plan, again, because they're getting that reimbursement from the from the government to take care of you. So there's a lot of reason for them financially to try to attract you to, to their particular plan. And they enlist people wow. like Joe Namath to uh, entice <laughs> you because maybe maybe you liked watching him in his, uh, you know, fur coat when he was Broadway Joe. <laughs> or his pantyhose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Well, we, the, thing, the thing that's to be concerned about with that, truthfully, Arnold, is the <laughs> fact that the there is not there's not bad plans out there, but there are definitely bad plans for particular people. So just because a plan sounds like it's really great, maybe it has some benefit that you don't have. If it doesn't utilize the doctors that you use, and if it doesn't cover the drugs that you take, and if it creates expenses, I mean a, a Medicare Advantage plan can create thousands and thousands of dollars of out-of-pocket expenses. So it may sound very appealing because it has a zero premium, but you may pay for it in your co-insurance and co-pay amount. It's open enrollment. I was going to say open season, but that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> it's no, open I think, enrollment. I think open season fits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> open yeah. Or I, maybe I, I get so many I get so many phone calls. I can't tell you on uh, during this time during this window. <laughs> Everyone wants to sell me. Uh, medic supplements, I guess, Medicare supplements to my insurance. It's it's a it's a crazy thing that's going on, and I, I'm so glad that we have Dan on today because uh, even you know I I consider myself kind of a smart guy, and just trying to navigate through you know this alphabet <laughs> of plans. Yeah, it's so 
difficult. It's like a soup, like a thick soup to, to navigate through. <laughs> right, right. Or cereal. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I heard a statistic the other day that somebody turning 65 will get an average of eight phone calls per day oh, yeah. for the two months prior to their turning 65. Yep, yep. I'm, I, yep, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> yes, yes. Mark can verify that. And who has... Yeah, I'm going. Okay. <laughs> so we just we talked about original Medicare and Part A and Part B. And if you want a prescription drug plan, you can join a separate Medicare drug plan. That's Part D. And it pays uh, to help you pay your out-of-pocket costs. You can also shop for and buy a supplemental coverage, also called a Medigap the gap there, you know, that's, that's the important word there. And then we also talked about a Medicare Advantage plan, which is kind of like an all-in-one and things are bundled together, like an A and a B and your Part D drug. And these plans may have lower out-of-pocket costs, but they kind of restrict which network you can go to. You just can't go to any network. They direct you. And they may have some lower out-of-pocket costs, but there's pros and cons to each one. So, Dan, if you don't mind saying the pros and cons of each one, and then what I'd like to do is talk specifically about supplement plans or Medigap plans. Okay. Well, I would say that the, the pro of a Medicare supplement plan is that you pretty much know, with the, as long as it's a Medicare-covered expense, what your monthly expenditure is going to be. Uh, because of Medicare supplements, most of them cover almost all of what you're going to have out of your pocket. So you can pretty much calculate how much you're going to be spending on a monthly basis. You can also go anywhere in the country and use any hospital or any doctor as long as they're a Medicare provider. And you don't have to refer have referrals to specialists and things like that. So very little restrictions on where you get care and, and et cetera. A Medicare Advantage plan will often have a zero uh, uh, monthly premium or a low one. But then the trade-off is you will have out of, you will have co-pays and co-insurance amounts. The maximum out-of-pocket that you can have in 2021 for a Medicare Advantage plan is $7,550. So that's, now some carriers offer a lower maximum out-of-pocket, and the term you hear on that is called MOOP, uh, which is all these acronyms with Medicare is crazy, but that's what they call it. And so you can have a maximum out-of-pocket. You need to find that out when you're looking at a plan. Ask, you know, what's the worst-case scenario? What's the most I can have out of my pocket? And then you can compare that. You know, do I want the fixed uh, look and more freedom of of uh, of carrier, I mean, a providers, or do I want a lower monthly out-of-pocket, but potentially a pay-as-you-go type program with more restrictions, but you might also get more bells and whistles with that and some coverages that you may not have. And just so you know, about 50% of the people, when they're selecting a Medicare plan, will select a Medicare Advantage plan, and about 50% select a Medicare Advantage plan. So uh, so it's about a 50-50 on when people are, are choosing which kind of a plan that they want. So half will Everybody do a supplement plan and half will do an advantage plan. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. And it's also important to know that just because your friend down the street worked good for them 
that does not have anything to do with whether it good, works good for you. Uh, it also you also have to be paying attention to uh, with even couples. Uh, what may be good for one may not be good for another. Maybe you have a serious chronic condition that you're going back and forth to the doctor, uh, you know, it's a couple times a month, and you know you're going to hit your maximum out of pocket. Then you know that maybe that's not the right plan for you. Maybe you have to look at that really closely. And then these are also annual plans with a Medicare Advantage. That's an annual contract. It runs from one one to twelve thirty one, and that plan ends on twelve thirty one. And then whatever plan that they file with CMS picks up for the next year. Now, it may automatically renew with that because that plan may have been refiled with changes. So you might not necessarily get notified that your plan is ending. It may continue on, but it will change. It will change your providers. It will change the drugs that are covered. It changes the co-pays and co-insurance. These are only annual contracts with Medicare. And then the last thing I'll mention on that before we jump into supplements is if you elect a Medicare Advantage plan, when you first turn 65, then you have 12 months, not after 12 months. At the end of 12 months, you're locked into a Medicare Advantage plan unless you health qualify for a Medicare supplement. But uh, you have 12 months to still go back and get a guarantee issue Medicare supplement. So... It's a very important decision that you make when you're turning 65, whether or not you want a Medicare Advantage or a Medicare Supplement plan. Now, would it be right for me to say that a Medicare Advantage plan is very similar to what we might know in the insurance industry um, as an HMO? There, there are HMOs, which is a health maintenance, for individuals not familiar with that, it's a health maintenance organization. Uh, they are going to be more restrictive of particular doctors, particular hospitals, because the more restrictive it is, the more discounts that they get, so they can add more things to it. Uh, That is one form of a Medicare Advantage. There are also PPOs, or preferred provider organizations, and there is also something called a PFFS, or a private fee-for-service. You don't see as many private fee-for-service plans anymore. A doctor can choose to to cover you or not with a private fee-for-service. They can elect to take that plan that morning and not that afternoon, et cetera. So you don't see a whole lot of that. Uh, but uh, most of them are HMOs or PPOs. So it is more like what I would call traditional insurance, the Medicare Advantage plan? Yes, yes. I think that's a good comparison of it. It's, okay. it's a lot like – it's probably going to look and feel a lot like your group insurance plan that you're, if you're coming off of a group. Gotcha. Okay. So – Let's go back to the other side, this Medigap or supplement Medicare Supplement Insurance, because there's several uh, letters of the alphabet, as Mark was talking about, and those plans vary. So if, if we're turning 65 and we have to make a choice between the original Medicare or Medicare Advantage, and after a year we're, we're locked in to the Medicare Advantage, am I locked in on the original Medicare one? I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but... Uh, piggybacking off what you just mentioned. That's no problem. And again, locked in only refers to guaranteed issue. In other words, you you would be able to go back to, uh, at the end of the year, you could go back to original Medicare, and then you could enroll into a Medigap plan, but you would have to qualify health-wise for that Medigap plan. Uh, So that's what happens after a year. So if I have a severe condition, I might not qualify for that. Oh, you you probably would not. Yes. Okay. 
So, so you you have to make sure you're taking advantage of guaranteed issue periods. And you know, you bring up something else too that I hear quite a bit is during this uh, annual enrollment period, a lot of people feel like there's also an open enrollment period for Medicare supplements. There are not. The the uh, Medicare the federal government regulates Medicare Advantage and prescription drug plans. States regulate Medicare supplement plans. This is a federal enrollment period. Ooh, so it's good Medicare point. Advantage yeah. and prescription drug plan enrollment period, not a Medicare supplement open enrollment period. That's important information. So talk yeah, because what happens a lot of times is people will say, you know, I'll, I just want to go out of my Medicare Advantage plan and and elect a Medicare uh, prescription drug plan only and get a Medicare supplement. So they enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan, I mean a Medicare prescription drug plan, that will automatically disenroll them from the Medicare Advantage plan, and then if they don't qualify for a Medicare supplement, if they apply for it and don't get it, then they could be left without coverage. That could be devastating. So you have to be very careful when you make those changes back to original Medicare. Now, where would people get that information? You know, un- unless they're experts at this or they're listening to this show and and you talk about this, where would people get this information or know that? Well, you need to talk to a very, very good insurance advisor. Uh, insurance advisors are, uh, there are a lot of very, very good ones. And definitely in the St. Louis market, there's a lot of very good uh, advisors. Uh, you can also go to uh, programs that are offered through the federal government where they have individuals that are advisors, and there's also a lot of information online uh, for individuals. But the problem is it kind of goes back to the Joe Namath issue. Um, everybody who talks to you that's with a particular plan uh, needs to make – you need to make sure they're objective because if they're just pitching you their plan, you know, it's their plan is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread every time, but if it's if it's a good broker, somebody who's representing you and can shop several different plans, then you know that you're going to be getting some good advice. So when you're talking to an advisor, make sure that they're showing you several plans and comparing it with several plans so that you know that you're getting a, uh, the program that's a best fit for you. And I wanted to let so our listeners... Uh, Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to ask... Uh, brokers, I'm not paying a broker a, uh, a fee or anything, am I? Uh, no. Normally? No, normally you are not. Uh, there are advisors oh. who do charge, but 99.9% of them do not. They're compensated by the insurance carriers for the plans that you enroll into. So if that person puts you into a plan with a kid insurance carrier, that insurance carrier will pay them a commission for you doing that. And so that's how, they, think, that's how they're funded. Dan, do you think some of those brokers might be putting me into a plan because they might get a, a larger commission off of it? Do you think that might be possible? I know I'm asking you probably a hundred percent that's always possible. Yes, I mean, absolutely uh-huh. that's possible. That's the reason why you want to make sure you're dealing with a very, very reputable individual and that they have a good reputation. Uh, you can always check, too, with the Missouri Department of Insurance to make sure that, that that individual does not have a large amount of complaints against them or any kind of issues with that. Okay. But that's always possible. I mean, that's the reason why you want to make sure that you check out your advisor thoroughly. You know, maybe talk to some of their current clients and just ask them what their experiences have been like. Okay. And worst-case scenario, if somebody does put you into a plan, in other words, they 
lie to you and say, no, it's your doctor's covered or this medicine's covered and it's not, you can reach out to Medicare.gov and the 1-800-Medicare.gov, uh, 1-800-Medicare, excuse me, or go on to Medicare.gov. And uh, there are ways that Medicare can rectify that for you. Uh, they can do what's called a special enrollment period and, and uh, actually move you into another plan. So if that if that does happen, if somebody does happen and you kind of get into a really bad situation, reach out to Medicare, tell them what happened, and they will be able to, to help you with that. But I would say for the most part, uh, the agents out there are trying very hard uh, and they try to stay as objective as possible. But there's always the the exceptions to that rule. Now, it would be probably better, Dan, to go to somebody who is like a broker rather than maybe your regular insurance person who may not be as versed in, in the specific details, because it seems like Medicare changes very frequently. Yeah, Medicare does change. In fact, there's been over 200 regulatory changes just the, since the beginning of COVID to adjust for COVID. Uh, so, yes, it does change quite a bit. You do want to get somebody who is an expert in that. Um, however, I think that uh, their reputation is the number one thing that you want to look at. You know, talk to their co- talk to their customers, talk to other individuals that you might know that have had good experiences with that individual. Do your homework uh, to make sure that you can trust their advice, uh, and then uh, ask a lot of questions. You know, and if they don't ask you a lot of questions, by the way, if they don't ask you a lot of questions about, you know, if you're if you're a veteran, if you're taking a lot of different types of medications, where you're seeing the doctor, et cetera, et cetera, that's your first red flag. If if they just immediately jump into a pitch for whatever plan that they have, uh, that's a that's a red flag immediately. They're not trying to adjust a plan for you. They're trying to just peddle whatever they happen to be selling. And Medicare has some really good publications. There's a publication called Medicare and You. There's another called Welcome to Medicare. So, folks, if you would check that out, it's on Medicare.gov, like Dan was talking about. So, Dan, these supplements or these Medigaps, we had talked a lot about Medicare Advantage, that you know, the Joe Namath kind of deal. But these other plans talk about some of the specifics about what distinguishes them and what makes them something that someone might want to consider. Okay. Uh, I might mention, too, I had the privilege of actually helping CMS edit the Medicare and You Handbook for 2021. Uh, and uh, the publications that you're talking about, go to Medicare.gov over on the right-hand side. The, the end tab is publications, the most valuable source that you can get for information. Uh, they've got publications on absolutely everything, including the different types of Medicare plans. Uh, in fact, um, I'll definitely make available to uh, you, Mark and Arnold, the, any of the resources uh, and any of the shortcuts and things to these different locations so that any of your listeners can access that from you. That'd be great. Uh, the, different, the different Medigap plans, uh, it can get confusing because they are lettered plans. So there's, Medi- there's parts of Medicare, A, B, C, and D. There's also Medigap plans that are A, B, C, D, F, G, K, L, M, and N. The most common elected plans are plans F and G. Those are the two most commonly elected plans. And the reason being is because both of the plans, F and G, cover your Part A hospital uh, coinsurance and deductible. Uh, 
They also both cover your Part B coinsurance. The Medicare Plan F covers your Part B deductible. Plan G does not. However, a lot of people select Plan G because the premium is enough lower that it offsets the cost of your deductible. So you have to look at that. So it's nice to have that deductible covered, but you may also be paying you know, more than the cost of the deductible to, to have it covered. Uh, they both cover the first three pints of blood. They both cover hospice, which is under a Medicare Part A. Uh, they both cover uh, skilled nursing uh, facility, uh, all those co-pays for Part A. Um, and so they both, and they also both cover what's called excess charges. A doctor who does not take assignment, which is what Medicare says is the approved amount for that charge, the doctor can actually charge more than that, up to 15% of an adjusted amount. Uh, Medicare uh, F and G both cover those what's called excess charges. It's not a popular term among physicians, by the way, but, but that's what the, the term is called, excess charges. So both of those cover that. The other plans, all of the other plans except for those two, do not cover excess charges. So those two are, are popular because of that. So if you go to a doctor who does not take that assignment, then uh, those two plans will kick in and help cover that as well. The other plans, some of them that are becoming more popular, are plans like Plan N, which uh, does not cover your Part B deductible, but it does have co-pays uh, for going to the doctor or the ER. So it's got a $20 doctor's office copay and a $50 ER visit copay, and those are becoming more popular. Premium is going to dictate this. When you start looking at the different plans, but you want to make sure that you be careful that the agent, again, is being forthright with you and not just trying to move you to a, a different plan that may be premium favorable on their particular carrier. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it could be very possible that... Medicare.gov, again, has a good comparison tool for all of that for you. You can actually compare Medigap plans now on Medicare.gov, not just Medicare Advantage and prescription drug plans. And you can also find out all doctors who take assignment on Medicare.gov. So, folks, that's that's a really important website if you're considering, if you're on, if you're wanting to switch some things if you're like in the Medicare Advantage. I I guess so cheaper is not necessarily better. It really should what should dictate this. I know finances are important because you're generally fixed when you're retired. It's your it's your health condition. There may be like you were saying, you know, what might be good for me may not be the best plan for my wife or my neighbor down the road. He's got a really good plan, but you know, health conditions are kind of what dictates this along with finances. Would you would you agree with that? 100%. You need to look at what you're going to be spending on your health care, adding your insurance, your co-pays, your amount that you're going to spend at a pharmacy, amount that you'll spend at the doctor's office. All of it it together is coming out of the same pot, obviously, of of your checkbook. So whether it comes out in premium or comes out over here, um, you have to look at the whole picture at your whole expenditure. Uh, One thing I might tell you, too, that I think is an incredibly valuable site for your listeners is something called Needy Meds. Um, There's a site that collects all of the pharmacy discount programs that these 
uh, pharmaceutical companies have to uh, offer. Uh, it's a not-for-profit site, and an individual can go there and find out if the drug that they're taking is uh, is eligible for any kind of subsidy or any kind of assistance. And it's uh, it it can change lives. It really can. Uh, so that's a hugely valuable site. It's N-E-E-D-Y-M-E-D-S dot org. Another site that's extremely valuable for doing comparisons for finding help is called BenefitsCheckup.org. Uh, that is another site that a person can go in, key all their particular information, and they'll find out if they can get any kind of any kind of subsidy, any kind of federal subsidies, and that can really help your listeners to make sure that anything that's out there that can possibly help them to deal with some of these costs that can get truly outrageous um, that they access. Now, Mark, aren't you glad we've, we're having uh, Dan on here? Oh, yeah. You know, what's yeah, even better is, is as he's talking. Dan's down in yeah. Columbia, Missouri. You know, he's a Missouri guy. It's, it's like, show me. We're, we're showing, we're showing uh, everybody out in the United States, hey, you know, we've got our act together uh, here at, um, at St. Louis in tune because we've got Dan on talking to us about Medicare. Here's, here's where I want to go. If I'm a vet— how does this mix with Medicare? Okay, so I'm just kind of prompting you. If I'm on Medicaid, but now I'm also six, turning 65, how does Medicaid and Medicare work together, or do they work together? Oh. And then let's say I'm on Medicare here in Missouri, and I know you mentioned that some of these Medigap or supplemental plans are kind of state-driven. What if I decide to move to another state? What happens right. then? Or and I'm going to give you another question. I'm traveling out of the country, and I have a medical situation. Is my supplemental Medigap plan, Medicare basic, going to cover? Or is my Medicare Advantage plan going to cover me? I know these are, these are kind of factors people think about, but maybe they don't think about it until after the fact. And what we're trying to do is give them information ahead of time. And that's kind of where I, what I want to do. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, I want to mention that both of my parents graduated from Beaumont High. So, uh, yes, I do have a lot, of, a lot of connection to St. Louis. Dan, if I'm traveling out of the United States, do all of these plans, does my basic Medicare or does my original Medicare or does my Medicare Advantage plans cover me if I go out of the country? They can, but it's going to be very limited, and it also depends on which plan that you have. Um, uh, Medicare supplements um, that do cover foreign travel, uh, you have Medicare plan C, D, F, G, and then also M and N do have foreign travel benefits, but they are limited. Uh, so they're going to be generally limited to up to $50,000. Uh, paying 80% of that, but again, there's a lot of different limitations on whether or not that's going to be a covered expense or not, uh, and then Medicare Advantage plans are all going to vary uh, whether or not they do or not as well. So if you do travel um, quite a bit uh, to other countries, you definitely need to address that with your plan specific. There's no blanket answer to that. You need to look at your particular plan for how it covers foreign travel. But it's going to be limited regardless. So most of the time, individuals will purchase other travel insurance if they do a lot of travel out of the country. Gotcha. Okay. Now, say 
I decide to move to another state, how is that going to impact uh, my specific plan, especially if I have a Medigap or a supplementary insurance plan? Okay. If you have a, a supplementary plan, most of the time they're just going to adjust it for the premium for your new zip code that, you, that you're in. Uh, and but the prescription drug plan side will change, and you have to see whether or not that plan is even available where you're moving to. The same with the Medicare Advantage. Uh, if the exact plan is not available to where you're moving to, then that triggers a special enrollment period for you to select a plan for the new location where you're at. Okay. See, Mark, he's got this stuff like he doesn't have any of this in front of him. He's got it's all coming right out of his his head. He's he's got it. He knows I know, it, it that just well. Falls right out. It's 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 amazing. Um, and like I said, there's just so much to navigate. And to have someone like Dan on the show that has uh, written about it, that helps put the booklets together, and that just knows all these different plans. Um, I I was going to ask him earlier, Dan, what plans would you pick? <laughs> but it's becoming very clear to me, Dan, that. Uh, it is a very personal uh, choice when we start looking at these different plans. It is so much. And I, the biggest mistakes that I see people make is, uh, number one, just kind of falling for something that sounds really interesting to them or adding a benefit. I saw one the other day that they were going to add. They were literally changing their mother who was in a nursing home to a plan because it had dental benefits and if they had done it thank goodness they reached out first if they had done it uh it would have cost them about seven thousand dollars a month wow. uh, so i mean you you have to just be very very cautious uh to make sure that for you personally is that a wise decision that's the only question that that really matters and that's the reason why a good advisor is going to ask you a lot of questions yeah, there's a lot of bells and whistles to entice people, like free delivery of your prescription medications. But you know, what's the, what's the downside? So, if I'm a veteran, what factors should I consider with Medicare, or how does that do those two work together? Okay, uh, there's there's two considerations that you have. If you are a veteran that was not retired military, in other words, if you just served in the military for a few years and then uh, came out of the military, then you're more than likely going to be eligible for VA benefits or the Veterans Administration benefits. And they have VA facilities for that. Uh, VA facilities are going to provide care for you, but they do not take Medicare. They're two federal programs, so they're not going to pay each other. And so if you're inside of a VA facility, you're not using Medicare. Now, if you happen to have a Medicare supplement, they can charge a Medicare supplement uh, amounts, but uh, generally you're not concerned about Medicare if you're inside of a VA facility. The, uh, those situations, then you have to look at whether or not you can get into them. The biggest thing with VA coverage is can you even get what you're eligible for, uh, and they have uh, eight priority groups that determine that. And that's all judged by your health, your income, your service, etc. And so you may be eligible for VA benefits, but you may not be able to get into them because of your priority group, or you may have really delayed access to doctor's visits and things like that. So a lot of times people who have VA benefits 
will go ahead and elect to have a Medicare supplement or a prescription drug plan just so that they can use the doctors, you know, anywhere, uh, not just the VA. It won't hurt you, by the way. It doesn't impact your VA benefits if you do have other insurance like that. When it comes to the drug side, VA coverage for prescription drugs is credible coverage. So if you're eligible for VA benefits and you, let's just say you put off purchasing a drug plan when you first become eligible, for most people that would incur a penalty later because of delayed enrollment. If you have VA coverage, the prescription drug side does qualify for credible coverage. And so you can pick up a drug plan, use the prescriptions that you have, uh, that you get from your doctor, you know, civilian doctor, and go to a pharmacy and use your drug plan. Or you could go over to the VA, use one of their doctors, get a prescription, and fill their prescriptions there. So this year, the VA meds, their co-pays amounts are $5 for generic, $8 for preferred generic, and $11 for name brand. So if you want to go to a VA doctor, get your prescription, and get it filled at the VA, you can do that. VA coverage, however, is not credible coverage for Medicare Part B as in boy. So if you delay Medicare Part B uh, because you are just using the VA facilities, that's fine. You can do that. But if you ever elect to have Medicare Part B, you will have late enrollment penalties, and you will also have delayed enrollment until the general enrollment period for Medicare. And so you can have some complications from that. Yeah, those dates are really important uh, as far as when you sign up for things because you don't want to get that penalty. Oh, extremely. But it goes back to those publications that you were talking about a minute ago, Arnold. If you you will go out to Medicare.gov and grab the publications that are pertinent to you, uh, then then you'll really get some valuable stuff. And there's also, if you go to VA.gov, you'll... Uh, be able to to find out all of your VA specific information and and I can give you guys as much you know of the resource uh, links and things like that that you might need uh, as well. Uh, if you retired from the military, uh, while you're active in the military, you're covered by something called Tricare. So picture that like your group insurance. When you have 20 years plus generally uh, and retire out of the med- military then you have something called TRICARE for Life. TRICARE for Life, ironically, does not use VA facilities. It uses Medicare. TRICARE for Life is a Medicare wraparound program. So Medicare is primary, and TRICARE for Life is secondary in most situations, unless it's just not covered by Medicare. So like foreign foreign travel, for instance. Foreign travel is covered by TRICARE for Life, where it has very limited coverage for for Medicare, so TRICARE for Life then becomes primary. But normally, hmm. it wraps around your Medicare very much like a Medicare supplement would. And then you use just Medicare facilities. You wouldn't necessarily use VA. The only time you'd use the VA is if, if it was some kind of a military-related injury or something like that. So it's a, it's a very unusual situation that you have with if you're a veteran. So it's not just, I'm a veteran, it's, okay, did you retire from the military or not? Uh, Do you use VA or do you use TRICARE for life? Um, But the biggest caveat to that is, and I see that it's missed all the time, is individuals have tremendous amounts of benefits that are available to them when they're widows 
of veterans or or are uh you know individuals right. who are were dependents uh and are survivors of that individual right. and so I had just a recent one there's something called uh, aid and attendance and anybody that has any type that when they're need having somebody that needs help with daily activities uh, they need to look into aid and attendance. Uh, it adds payments to their VA pension for helping with the daily activities, and that's missed a lot of times for widows because maybe their spouse died 20 years ago and they're not even thinking about the fact that they still have benefits available because their their spouse was a veteran. Wow. Uh, so that can make a significant difference. Now I want to get to the last aspect of this. How does Medicare and Medicaid work together, or do they work together? Yeah, um, they absolutely do. There's 12 million individuals who are called dual eligible. That means they're eligible for Medicare and Medicaid. 7.2 million of them are from low-income seniors, and 4.8 million of them are because they're disabled. And they have Medicare because they're disabled. And then they also have Medicaid. Medicare is a federal program, and it is going to be the base of their coverage if they have both. So in other words, it's primary. Medicaid is a state program, and it layers in and pays what Medicare does not. So it lays on top of it. And so it pays the gaps and the co-pays and everything else that Medicare doesn't. So some individuals have what they call spin-down, which means that they're only eligible for Medicaid after they spent a certain amount of money. That certain amount of money is the amount that Medicare leaves for them to pay. So the, it's just important to remember that it's Medicare and then Medicaid layers on the top of that. And an individual who has Medicaid can have their Medicare delivered either way. They can have it original Medicare or a Medicare Advantage. So there are plans that are specially built for people that are on Medicaid that are Medicare Advantage plans so that they have their Medicare uh, administered through the Medicare Advantage plan, and then those individuals can also get the extra things that they wouldn't normally get. Like they may get $50 a month to go get over-the-counter medications or something at a pharmacy. or There's all different kinds of things that they add to that, and they're specially designed for people that are on Medicaid. So they can get a Medicare either way, but Medicare is the base, and then Medicaid lays on top of that. It's important wow. to know this information. The only way to know it is to go to a uh, reputable, honest, trustworthy insurance agent or insurance Objective. broker. And a lot of that is just asking questions, listening to the questions that they're asking, as Dan has said earlier uh, in our conversation. And I, I think this is a really important area because I don't want to say this in a bad way, but sometimes I think people get fleeced because they don't want to – Oh, yeah. say that they're ignorant to this, but this is really difficult to understand. You know, regular insurance is difficult to understand sometimes, why things are paid the way they are. But when you start talking about all these different options that are available, it can get, in all these different alphabet soup, it can get really confusing. And so that's the basis for this show is to help clarify some things. And, Dan, I think you've done a great job of giving us some, I, I would call it like introductory information, because I know you can go into great detail. So uh, I, I greatly appreciate, uh, you know, the conversation and the information that you've given to us. 
here here is one one last question for you. Three months before I turned sixty-five, the month I turned sixty-five, and three months after, how critical are those? Those are extremely critical. Uh, people get confused with that because you can apply for a Medicare supplement six months before you turn sixty-five, but that is that is your. Uh, open enrollment period for going on to Medicare. So that's when you got to make your choices. You have to be able to, to decide, do you want Medicare Part B or not? Are you going to stay on your group insurance or not? Uh, are you going to elect the drug portion or not? Uh, all of those are very, very critical. And just like there's an alphabet soup, there's a date soup. There's a, there's a you have to do this by this date and this by this date. It is extremely confusing. Uh, but those dates are, those are going to set the stage for your entire balance of, of your life uh, on Medicare. And so you want to make sure you, you utilize those right. So I'm glad you brought up those particular dates because uh, that is critical. There is a, a publication that I recommend uh, from Medicare that will outline all those enrollment period dates. Uh, it's under the it's under the uh, publications on Medicare.gov, and you want to you want to utilize those as much as you possibly can. But the, navigating through some of that, knowing the difference, the problem with like Medicare and New Handbook, for example, is that it talks about everything all together, mm-hmm. and it becomes kind of confusing. But I'm glad you brought up dates. It's very important. One last thing I do want to mention on veterans. Individuals need to continually go every 18 months or 12 months to their VSO, their veteran service officer. It's extremely important. They just recently changed a whole lot with how they treat um, uh, Agent Orange and a whole bunch of things, and they're also making major changes to something called PCAFC, and that's when you get personal care by a family member. Uh, that used to be only for military injuries. Now they're expanding that out to chronic illness. So if they go to caregiver.va.gov, uh, they will find out that information. And, and it can, I mean, that alone can, I mean, if a family member can be paid to be able to help take care of another family member, that's a, that's a life changer. Right, it's a valuable so they're, thing. They're starting to do that. Oh, yeah. Mark, do you have any other questions for Dan? Kind of want to wrap this up. We've uh, we've kept him on <laughs> Boy, for almost an yeah, hour and a half here. I know we could probably go on for another hour and a half. Uh, the only thing, you know, I am lucky that I guess when I was turning sixty-five, I found a very objective broker, and I did shop around for one, and I found one, and we went over all of the the, the different uh, plans that were available and everything. And for me. Uh, it, it ended up that I did not get into any of those plans. I just stayed with my, my wife has a, a great uh, a medical plan, uh, a health plan. So it ended up to where we looked at the health plan that we were on right now. We compared that to what I could have. And at the end of the day, we ended up staying with my medical plan. So my advice, my, my <laughs> from looking through the knot hole in the fence, is... Um, really try to get a good broker and try to evaluate all of these plans. And Dan's information today, uh, Arnold, I think has been just absolutely invaluable to us. Dan, do you have some closing thoughts, comments for us? Advice? You know, uh, one of the things that I, I tell, I've got a 
pretty large staff here, and I tell them, I tell all the agents, we I deal with over, a little over 10,000 agents, is err on the side of love. That's what I always say, and they get tired of hearing wow. me say that. But I can tell you that the number one thing that you need to find in an advisor is somebody who cares for you as a human and actually will sit there and and take off the hat of a solicitor and just listen. Some people need to apply for Medicaid and not have anything to go, you know, along with, with their other programs. Some people need to stay exactly where they're at. Some people need to do exactly what you just said, Mark, and, and stay on their group plan because they can make a big mistake by moving off that. Just remember that, that it's all about you and the whole picture. Don't just look at part of it. You know, there's a lot of things out there. Like right now, uh, there's a lot happening around diabetes. You're going to hear a lot about $35 insulin, for instance. Some plans, not all, are participating in that senior savings model. Not all of them. Uh, You can go on to Medicare Advantage now in 2021 because if you have end-stage renal disease. And all different kinds of things are happening. So just remember that uh, ask a lot of questions. Don't be ashamed to do that. Don't be afraid to do that. But be very conscious that you don't have forever to do some of these things. If those windows pass, then you're going to incur penalties or potentially have to wait sometimes even up to a year to get other coverage that is going to be very vital for you. So just just be careful and look at Medicare.gov. Go through there. Get through those publications. There's also a spot on Medicare.gov for mail you get from Medicare so that you can see exactly what kind of mail is real and what isn't. Uh, so you can it's under on the right side, Forms, Help, and Resources, on the Medicare.gov side. Just scroll down and it says mail you get from Medicare. So you know, do those types of research, and, and you'll be okay. Uh, but don't be afraid to make a decision, but just make it after you've done careful research. And, and don't just go into Google and start Googling stuff, because I can tell you right now, there's a lot of misinformation out there by doing that. This has been an extremely valuable conversation, Dan, and I, I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. We've been talking to Dan Mangus. He's vice president of sales for senior marketing specialist. He deals with insurance agents and brokers and teaches them the ins and outs of Medicare and how they can be more productive in helping you as a consumer. Dan, thanks very much. This has been a great conversation. We need to have you on again in the future to see what updates you can give to us. Anytime. We appreciate you listening to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider letting us know. The best way to do this is by rating us on Apple Podcast. You could even write a review. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.